This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. Today, we welcome Father Alex Padilla to our program. Father Alex is the Formation Advisor and an Assistant Professor of Canon Law at St. Vincent de Paul Regional Seminary in Boynton Beach. Welcome to How We See It, Father. Hey, thank you, John. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. You know, we have an ordination coming up right around the corner, coming up, I believe it's May 20th at the Cathedral of St. Jude the Apostle in St. Petersburg. We invite you to tune in and be part of this most historic ceremony because it's and it's historic for many reasons. Every year we ordain priests to our diocese. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's seven. Depends on how the Holy Spirit moves and how our men are answering that call to the priesthood. This year, we're ordaining Deacon Christian Galvan. How long have you known Deacon Christian? You know, so I've spent two years with Deacon Christian Galvan at the seminary, but I've known him for a few years before that. So it's been a good number of years, I would say, probably around four or five that I've known him pretty well. Uh, What kind of priest are we getting? I think we're getting a good one, John. I'm not going to lie to you. They're all good. They're all good, but I think this guy... He's exceptionally good. I think he lives up to the name Christian, right? It's a hard name to live up to, John. If if I had that name, I'd be sweating it a little bit, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. But he's just a great man, got a great passion about him, a great fire, right? And comes with a good amount of experience and a good vision of priesthood. Did he start out in the seminary right out of high school, or did he spend some time in college, or do you know? So he went to the University of Notre Dame— Up in South Bend, Indiana, he went there. I think he was studying engineering and then worked for a few years. Actually did a few jobs, and I know he worked uh, in like cell tower installation and management. So uh, thank you, Christian, Father Christian, for uh, helping us stay connected. (laughs) There you go. Right? That's right. Uh, And then he felt the call and then entered the seminary at some point. Yeah. That's the way it goes with a number of the men who are discerning. Even our own bishop spent some time in the uh, secular world before yeah. he answered the call to become a priest. And so we're, we're so happy for that. Tell me a little bit about the seminary in general. You're at the major seminary. This is where the guys are really deep into their theology and practicing, getting ready to actually become a priest. You just don't work with the guys from our diocese. You work for the whole school, right? Yeah, I work for the whole seminary for all of our men that we have in formation, over 100 men in formation at St. Vincent de Paul Regional Seminary in Boynton Beach. So I'm a professor of canon law, and I'm also a formation advisor, a quote-unquote formator, and we work with all of our men. And at St. Vincent de Paul, we have both what we call a pre-theology program, which is a a time of, really, it's a time of discipleship, growing, helping the men to learn how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to follow him, to answer the call. We have what we call the propedeutic stage, was a time of preparation. Then we have the discipleship stage, which is we're kind of ramping up that following Christ and really discerning the call and forming the men to be good Christians and good priests. And then the bulk of our work, John, is what we call theology or configuration stage where we work with the men over four to five years to help them configure every aspect of their lives after the priestly heart of Jesus Christ while they study theology, but also while they learn how to be a priest for the people of God. I would imagine that many of the men that, if not most all of them, have a have a love, have a passion for our Lord and for the church. They've, they've felt some kind of call 
but when they get there and start studying, it can be a challenge. It may, maybe it's not all what I thought it was going to be. What's the biggest challenge for a young man going into the seminary once they're there a year? What's the things that maybe as a formator that you hear? Yeah, John, that's a great point. It is challenging. So I, w- I would kind of point out two challenges. One, I liken formation a lot to coaching, okay. right, and to coaching athletes. The athletes want to play. Right. Right. They want to play. But a lot of times, let's use football as an example, John. We're, you know, in Tampa Bay. We got the Bucks, And, sure. you know, let's use football. As an example. You play one day out of the week, but you're practicing six. You're practicing five or six days. So that's a lot of practice that goes into one game. So what you see is you got to really coach the guys. You got to coach the players for that game day. And so coaching is challenging, though. There's all different aspects of the coaching. Well, same with formation. Formation can be challenging for the men. But then to use that analogy, also that second challenge that it is in addition to the actual helping the guys become the priests, it's the guys want to be out on the field, John. Sure. They want to be playing. They want to be priesting, so to speak, right? (laughs) Right. They want to be in the parishes. They want to be serving the people of God. They want to be helping the people come closer to God. That's challenging. That's hard. They got that itch. They got that desire. They got that fire. They want to be in seminary so that they can be priests. And sometimes... The Lord says, no, no, hold on. We got to work on you. We got to do a little bit of coaching, a little bit of practice. But these men, John, these hundred plus men are itching to be in parishes and be with the people of God. That's a good challenge to have. That's a good problem to have. Well, I know like if I wanted to play basketball, I, you know, I want to go play a pickup game at the rec center and I know I'm not going to be in the NBA. I'm not striving to be, I want to be good, but, but a coach, the guys that really want to excel they're going to get pushed, and they're going to get pushed hard, maybe even to tears, maybe even, do I really want to do this? I would think the same with the seminarians, too. Yeah, you know, formation, it encompasses the whole person. It's not just teaching certain skills. It's really transforming the individual, the man in question, into the priest of Jesus Christ, configuring his life, and an actual life, and his heart, and his mind, and his soul to Christ. That's that's hard work and that can be that that's tough. Let's I, be honest, that's tough. You know, as you say that, I would say the same could be said for each and every person listening. Yeah. You know, it's oh, yeah. a challenge. How hard do you want to work to be a disciple of Jesus? How hard do you want to work to follow Christ, to be Christ-like and it takes sacrifice as a Christian. It takes giving of self, giving up of self, and turning yourself over to the Lord, even as a secular layperson, to do that. So I can imagine to give your life, even make that greater sacrifice than we do on the other side of the altar, I I guess. Yeah, and it's almost, I mean, everything in Christian life and for all Christians, we're we're supposed to be almost like clay in the potter's hands. But sometimes molding that that beautiful vase or that piece of art, it, it takes time and it's tough. Right, the potter kind of has to work with the clay, kind of mold it, kind of has to put it in the water to soften it up and pound it out, and then put it in the fire to harden it and test it and try it. That's challenging. So you've been a priest now for what seven years? Seven years. Okay, time flies, John. Yeah, you started out, um, I believe, at the cathedral, and then Christ the King, yeah, some, some part of order like that. Yeah, that's and, exactly the order. And then you you were assigned to go to the seminary. Did you did you have an inkling at all that? You wanted to go there? That that was the job for you? Well, you know, John, in my priesthood, and like with anything, I always am open to whatever the Holy Spirit and 
the bishop want right. me to do, right? <laughs> right. right. In those, by the way, by the way, those are the same thing sometimes, right? Right. Those are desires. Uh, so I'm always open to whatever the Holy Spirit and the bishop want me to do. And so I can't say that I had anything particularly in mind, but when you go and you get a licentiate degree, there are certain options that are available to you that are presented to you and that are really possibilities. And so I kind of had an idea that, this might be something at some point in my future, but John, I'll be honest, I didn't expect it so soon sure. in my priesthood, but I didn't hesitate when the bishop called me. I didn't hesitate to say yes. I said immediately, absolutely. And uh, the Holy Spirit and the bishop and the good Lord have been so good in repaying that generosity of spirit and giving me a great assignment and a great place. Is it what you thought it would be? It's everything I thought it would be and more. You know, John, I didn't go to this seminary. I didn't have the blessing of going to St. Vincent de Paul, but man, it is just such an excellent place with excellent formation faculty, excellent lay professors and lay faculty, excellent seminarians. These men, John... They inspire me. And I tell people, these men are even better than me when I was in seminary, even better than the group of friends that I had in seminary. These are exceptional young men, and some of them a little old, uh, who are following the Lord to give themselves and give their lives to the people of God. Talking with Father Alex Padilla, who's a, a formator and an assistant professor of canon law at St. Vincent de Paul Regional Seminary in Boynton Beach. Where did you go to seminary? So I went to seminary for my college seminary, for my discipleship stage at St. John Vianney College Seminary in Miami. And then I did my uh, configuration stage, what we call at the time we called theology studies at the North American College in Rome. The diocese usually will assign one or two maybe more, to go to Rome, because there's a different, that's just a whole different animal over there, I believe. How many men from our diocese were there with you at the time? So it depends. You know, you always want to send guys to the place that they're going to grow the most, right? And so when I was sent, we already had a, a, a seminarian over there. His, he's now Father Ryan Boyle. He's partly also for the Air Force, Air Force for the right. Archdiocese of the Military. And so he and I were together for a good chunk of the time. Then Father Ralph Dalia, who is now the bishop's master of ceremonies and priest secretary, he was there, eventually came a few years after me, and then Father Joshua Bertrand. So at kind of any given time, we had three to four people there from our diocese. Yeah. So you're a formator. What's the difference between a spiritual director and a formator? So, you know, I'll put it to you like this. Spiritual directors, they can't say anything about really what they do because when you go to a spiritual director for spiritual direction, right, or confession, they're okay. under the seal of confession and, and then they're under the seal of spiritual direction. So, you know, I, I kind of like to say that it's tough for a spiritual director to, you know, kind of talk and, and be the life of a party. You know, it's, it's hard because their hands are tied. They can't really say because in spiritual direction and confession, the seminarian, they open their hearts to Jesus Christ through the priest, right? And so the spiritual director has a really trusted role in really caring for the soul of the seminarian in question. Whereas a formation advisor, really it's the same thing, but we can write things down and take notes, okay. right? And say, hey, by the way, so-and-so, you know, said this about their journey. And then we maybe can share it with other priests on faculty to, as a community of formators, help them grow. Whereas with the spiritual director, it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Okay. 
taking this full circle, going back to Deacon Christian Galvan, going to yeah. soon be a, a priest very soon. At that ordination ceremony, I recall that the rector of the seminary will speak on the school's behalf, saying, we find this individual worthy of the priesthood. Mm-hmm. So does the rector know really well that person? Yeah, John, the rector is the father of the house, the entire house of formation. So he's so, more hands-on than maybe a school oh, principal. Yes, yeah, he the, the rector of a seminary knows each of the men. And I have to say, our rector, Father Alfredo Hernandez, is just an exceptional rector. He takes time to get to know all of the men. He takes an active role in their formation and really is a true spiritual father for all of the men in the house. And so when he testifies to the worthiness of a candidate, of a transitional deacon, that's not just a a formality, John. He knows the man and he testifies himself with his soul and his conscience, his heart, that this is a man who's going to be a good priest. So he also gets reports from maybe you, maybe uh, looks at the studies, maybe... Does he talk to the spiritual director? Does, so he doesn't talk to the spiritual director. That's the thing. Spiritual director, a, yeah. Spiritual director, he's kind of, you know, he he and the and the seminarian have their own unique relationship where really can't talk to the spiritual director, can't get any opinion, can't get any advice. And that's to protect, right, the soul and the conscience of the individual seminarian. Mm-hmm. But, for instance, he can talk to me, right, as a formation of ours. He can talk to professors. And then... Really, the rector can talk to the individual seminarian, mm-hmm. right, and get to know so that together we can help the seminarian grow. John, it's like a coaching staff, right? It's like a coaching staff. You have different positional coaches. You have the head coach, the assistant coach. They're all working together to make sure the team functions and the players grow and become better. Well, that's exactly how it is at the seminary. So if there's a problem on the field, the head coach is going to go to that coach and say, what's going on? I mean, he'll yell at the, the player, too, but he's going to get on the coach. Well, see, that, the coach might yell at the player, but the rector's not yelling at the seminarian, John. You <laughs> right, know, he's the rector, coming to you. Yeah, he's coming to me. And he's, you know, So let's say I, I played defensive and offensive line when I was in high school. So let's say you know, the head coach sees something, might go to the coordinator, might go to the position coach and say, hey, I see this. We can. This player can grow in this way. This seminarian can grow in this way. Why don't you work with him since you know him, you know, intimately and work with him on a regular basis, right? And then if you need, I can talk with him too. And that's exactly what formation is like. The rector might say, hey, you know, why don't you work with this? Why don't you kind of get him there? Or I can say, you know, Father Rector, I'm seeing this in my guy. What do you think? What's your opinion? How should I go about helping this man become a better priest in this way? Mm-hmm. Right? And then we collaborate there. And then, of course, we bring in the seminarian. And then we say, you know, we're seeing this, seminarian X, you know, the rector's seeing this, I'm seeing this. What are you experiencing? You know, how can we help you become a better priest in this way? And then all together we work as a team with the player or the seminarian in question to help them become who God made them to be. It's a two-way street. The individual says, I feel like I have a call to the priesthood. They go, they might spend two, three, five years in seminary formation, and they get close, and they say, "Uh, I think I've discerned this is not for me. And that happens. It happens, yeah. Frankly, it probably happens a little more than we'd like to see, but it happens. Well, you know, John, if if you don't mind, I I think it happens just as much as we would like it to see, because we want men pursuing their true vocation. And if they go through seminary and are formed and have given their life to God and the church, and then in prayer and in discernment realize 
that this is not their calling? Praise God. Praise God. And, and, and I say that only because we've got a gap after Father Christian. Sure, yeah. Uh, of like four or five years before yeah. we're going to have. And that's why I prefaced my, my comment there and at the outset of our program that this is historic because we're not going to have another ordination in our diocese for four to five years. Something like that, yeah. So it's incumbent for a couple of reasons. Historic. We need to promote vocations, pray mm-hmm. for our priests, pray for our young men entering. But it also, sometimes the seminarians, usually early on, those that are candidates for seminary, the seminary might say, you know what, we don't know that this is a good fit. And I know of individuals who they weren't accepted at one seminary, but maybe they joined an order. Mm-hmm. Does that happen often? And, and how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, so, you know, John, I can't say if it happens, quote-unquote, often. I just don't have the knowledge, so I can't really say that. But I can say that we always want to make sure that, you know, the man's call, one, we want to figure out what his call is, right? Is it to priesthood? Is it to religious life? Is it to marriage? Is it to something else, right? We want to make sure that we know that. And then we want to put him in the best position to win, so to speak, right? Going back to that coaching Mm -hmm. analogy. And so sometimes that best position to win and that vocation— might not be to diocesan priesthood. It might be to a particular religious order with a specific charism. It might not be to one seminary. It might be to another seminary, right? It might not be to religious life or priesthood in general, but to marriage. It might not be to marriage, but to priesthood or religious life. And so we are always trying to work to see what is best for the individual, for the man, and what is best for the church. And those are both all the time the same thing, John. What is best for the man is certainly best for the church, and what is best for the church is certainly best for the man. And then, you know, if you don't mind, uh, speaking about that little gap that we have a few years, one of the things that Bishop Parks and that we at the seminary are so focused on is quality over quantity, Yep. right? Now, that's not to say that more is lesser quality. No, of course not. But we would rather make sure that we're ordaining the absolute finest men to the priesthood because that's what the people of God deserve, than just pumping it out and saying, we can work with the problems later. Well, and I think the church saw that issue yeah. a couple of, maybe a generation or two ago. We might have learned our lesson, John, right? right? When I think of seminary, I think of the instructors all being priests. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily the case. No, we have you know different instructors. We have of course, a good amount of instructors are priests, right, from around the state of Florida, from around Georgia, right? Some of them are also religious nuns, right? Mm-hmm. Especially from the some various orders, some Franciscan orders and other orders that are maybe found in South Florida. Then we have a good amount of lay people also who are sacrificing themselves for the good of the church. They teach maybe different theological disciplines, different philosophical disciplines. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I, I would think it would be, well, it's, it's like going to a, a regular, uh, like a... But many you know, Catholic universities but, but like and Dame, institutions, Boston yeah. College, some of these it's other... It's a team effort, John, as a church, right? We have lay people, religious, and priests all working together. That's the same way at seminary, right? Really, the seminary, John, is in many ways a microcosm of the universal church, right? We find dioceses, we find eparchies, west, east, we have diocesan priests, religious, lay people, consecrated, and everything in between. It's a really beautiful, beautiful microcosm of the Universal Church in our little portion of Boynton Beach. Personally, what's been your greatest, the highlight for you at uh, teaching seminaries so far? You know, 
there's so many. I, I would say probably my what I'm most proud of in my work is is helping the men gain the confidence in themselves that if the Lord is calling them to the priesthood, he's going to help them out and help them become the priest that he's called them to be. So on a personal level, that's my what I'm most proud of, John, yeah. is helping the men believe in themselves precisely because the Lord believes in them firstly, right? And then the other thing that I just love the most is being with the men. These guys are so good, and it is so fun to live with them, to eat with them, to chill with them, to watch sports with them, to go to watch sports games at stadiums with them. It's just, these men are just so great. They fire me up, John. I got to tell you, if I'm getting fired up, that means these guys must be the real deal because I'm already fired up, and these guys get me fired up even more. Well, I remember seeing photographs from the seminarians, you know, playing different athletics, and I know you're a sports guy. Are the instructors allowed to get out there and play with with them? Or is uh, that John, sorta... I gotta tell you, we're allowed to get out there and play with them. But uh, John, I'm an old priest now. Oh, come on! And now. so, just the thought of running up and down a soccer field <laughs> makes me start huffing and puffing, yeah. right? But uh, you know, we we certainly support our uh, more athletically inclined seminarians and our, and our men, right? Uh, we support them in their athletic endeavors. I was helping to be a what we called a m- uh, mental fortitude coach that we had a basketball tournament in milwaukee oh wow uh, in february uh seminarians from all around the country went and played in a basketball tournament and it was just a great time so i went up there with them i, I didn't touch the basketball court because i'm also a little short john <laughs> right but uh i was out there cheering and uh and rooting them on and helping them persevere and they did a great job they made us proud absolutely what's a big challenge for you going from a parish down to the seminary. You mentioned uh, in a conversation we had earlier that you're having to teach a new class. So being a teacher is it has great responsibility, but it also takes a lot of prep work. Yeah, it does. It's a lot more. And of course, the teaching style that I was used to during my theology studies is much different than the teaching style that we're expected to produce and utilize at St. Vincent de Paul. I had very much so lectures, right, in a foreign language, and now we're kind of trying to be a little bit more dynamic at the seminary, right? So that's one, right? I'm used to one way from my learning, and now I have to actually do the teaching. That's different. But, you know, I would have to say... I can't say anything has been uniquely challenging, John. You know, I just would like to say that I I do miss being in a parish. But I will say that does not mean that I don't like being at the seminary. I think both can be true. I love the people of God, and I love being at the seminary. And when I go back to a parish, whenever that is, I'm going to miss being at the seminary, but that doesn't mean I don't like being at the the parish, Right. right? I think when you become a priest and you give yourself to priesthood, John, just like in anything in the Christian life, your heart expands, right? And uh, I'd like to say that my heart is expanding. That might be all of the energy drinks uh, that I drink, and that <laughs> might be what I'm feeling. That. <laughs> that might be what I'm feeling. That enlarged heart might not be, you know, it might be in expansion spiritually and also some things I have to go see a cardiologist about, John. <laughs> but I think, you know, when you give of yourself to the Christian life, your heart expands in love. And so I, I got to say, I love being at the seminary, but I miss the people in the parish, and I love being at the parish, and I'm going to miss the seminary when the time comes. But that's and that's kind of the hard part is not doing that ministry. But John, I try to I try to give that passion and that love for parish ministry to the seminarians. And you know, I'm sure that uh, as you're speaking passionately about what you do, what God's called you to, I'm sure that you have grown more as a priest. 
and maybe picked up some preaching styles, some some insight from some of the other instructors and other homilists that you hear, and you go, wow, I didn't think of that. Yeah, you know, that's a great point, John. It's, you know, the seminary is a collection of some of the finest priests in the Southeast. It's a really special and unique opportunity to learn from the best, so to speak, right? I kind of liken our faculty to an all-star cast, right? To the all-star team of priests in really in the Southeast, in our region, in our province. And so to be able to talk to on a regular basis, on a daily basis, all of these great priests. Yeah, iron sharpens iron, John. And I think we're all helping each other become even better priests than before. And I can only speak, I'm I'm one of the younger, I'm, I'm the youngest priest on faculty. I'm one of the more recently ordained priests. I'm gaining from their experience. And I think I'm becoming a better priest, even if I'm not in a parish, right? Going back to school, so to speak, has been a great experience for me. And hopefully one day when I'm back in the parish, I'm an even better priest than I was before. Amen to that. Well, Father Alex Padilla, I want to thank you for your gift to the priesthood and sharing that with the uh, men that you're forming at St. Vincent de Paul Seminary. And thank you for your gift of faithful discipleship to the people of God here in the Diocese of St. Petersburg. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the gift that you and your radio station are to the people of God here in St. Petersburg and and, and really uh, throughout the world. And please just ask that you pray for our men in formation. Pray that they have the strength to persevere, to give themselves and their lives to God and ultimately to you. Father Alex Padilla, the formator and assistant professor of canon law at St. Vince de Paul Seminary in Boynton Beach has been our guest today, and that's how we see it. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash howwesee it.